Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. We're so excited. I think this is uh, 237th podcast, Stephanie. Here we are. We're on Psalm uh, 44. We're going to do 1 through 16. It's a big, long psalm today. But, uh, Stephanie, another morning, another beautiful day here. Probably another rainy, ugly day there. Uh, We're getting the rain here tomorrow. And uh, so what's things looking like for you this week? Anything good going on? Well, um, I... You know, we're recording this right before the new year. Um, so I have family coming into town, um, siblings and some of my nieces and my one nephew. So um, Emmeline wants to have a tea party. Aww. So I, I will be hosting a tea party for four of the little girls. And um, that'll be fun and special. And um, anyway, getting ready to book tickets for Louisiana, right. which is exciting. Yeah. You don't want to so. miss Louisiana, folks. You got to be there. And uh, wow, there's a lot going on. So that's all going on. And uh, I need to get a meeting. I'm not, see, last year this time was I was coming down with COVID. So I'm I'm considering. You know, I have a lot of things that I'm not happy about right now in life, like the fact that I'm in excruciating pain. But I don't have COVID you going. Don't into- have COVID. Wow. And. Uh, you know, I think it might be almost time to post another picture of King Thor. I think we got to see a growth picture. It's been a couple weeks, a few weeks, and, and we got to remember to post another picture of King Thor. And will there ever be an Emmy King Thor picture? I'm not sure. I can try it. You know, it's like two moving. Those two never stop moving. So it's to get them both in the same picture that not have it be blurry might be a miracle. Yeah. Yeah, might take bribery. I don't know. <laughs> bribery will work for Emmy. I'm not sure about King Thor. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so, I don't think he understands. If you if you stay still for the next five seconds, you'll get extra 30 seconds of belly rub. I don't think he understands that concept. So PTSD <laughs> Victorious Ladies Conference, uh, Southland Christian Camp, Ringgold, Louisiana, the Metropolis. Uh, it's about, yeah, right. It's about an oh, hour. Right. Uh, an hour from Shreveport. You can fly into Shreveport. You have two hours from Dallas. Fly into Dallas. But I'll tell you what a beautiful camp. What a great theme. Victorious women. And some of us are going to do victorious men down the road if we get a couple people in that want to go through men's training. Uh, Make sure you make it out there. So, Stephanie, if you'll go ahead and read those first 16 verses. All right. In Psalm number 44. Yep. We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days in the times of old, how thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand and plantest them, how thou didst afflict the people and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did they, neither did their own arm save them. 
but thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a favor unto them. Thou art my king, O God. Command deliverances for Jacob. Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us, for I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever, Selah. But thou hast cast off and put us to shame and goest not forth with our armies. Thou makest us to turn back from the enemy and they which hate us spoil for themselves. Thou hast given us like sheep appointed for meat and hast scattered us among the heathen. Thou sellest thy people for naught, and dost not increase thy wealth by their price. Thou makest us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn, and a derision to them that are round about us. Thou makest us a byword among the heathen, and shaking of the head among the people. My confusion is continually before me, and the shame of my face hath covered me. For the voice of him that reproacheth and blasphemeth by reason of the enemy and avenger, all this is come upon us. Yet have we not forgotten thee, neither have we dealt falsely in thy covenant. Our heart is not turned back, neither have our steps declined from thy way. Wow. What are you thinking? I mean, this is some hard It feels stuff. like a pendulum swing. Yeah. It feels like first eight. literally from one pendulum to another, yeah. to the other side of it. Yeah, so one through eight, it seems like he's boasting in God. I mean, it seems like... The world is right. Everything's going right. We have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us. He's talking about the history of Israel. We got through the Exodus. We've been through all these terrible things. We know everything good that happened. It seems like he's starting out right. How thou did drive out the heathen, the Canaanites, away from our land, I think is what he's talking about there, with thy hand, and uh, uh, plantest them. How thou didst affect, uh, afflict the people and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm. And, and again, he's testifying of the history of Israel and everything that God did. And, and look at this in verse 4. Thou art my king, O God. Through there will be uh, pushed down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in any bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies and has put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all day and long and praise the name forever. Now here's the good part. Those first eight verses. I mean, what a testimony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now have you ever... Yeah. No, what were you going to ask? I was going to say, have you ever taken the time to sit down and write down everything God has ever done for you? Or try to, the big things? I actually, before we went to Cameroon, um, we had a jar with rocks in it. And whenever something would happen that was a clear, um, something we saw God do, miraculously do, we would write it on one of those rocks. Wow. And um, I haven't continued that since Charles died. I still have the jar of those rocks, but I haven't written anything in there since then. But I, you know, when I look back and think about some of the rocks we put in there from, you know, the 
each birth of each of our children to different things we saw God do. Um, the last big one I remember putting in there was um, when the Lord provided the money for us to take our survey trip and the miracle he did that um, was incredible, that provided the money we needed for Charles and I and then the two oldest boys to go on our survey trip to Cameroon in Africa. So, um, but yeah, taking, I try to do this with the kids sometimes. You know, there's times... Satan doesn't just throw those fiery darts of doubt at us. He throws them at the kids and, or, you know, those darts of, um, why does such and such, I want such and such back from Africa and why does it have to be there? And, um, Satan will throw those things at the kids and we'll have to take a step back and say, well, let's look at what God's done for us. And we, and we have to remember that the kids are turning into adults. And if we praise the God, if we praise the Lord, if we show them what God has done for us, if we do those rocks, if we, it puts them in a thankful perspective. So we yeah. don't get to verse nine. You know, we just have Psalm one through eight. God did this. God did that. God did this. And folks, I'm here to tell you to my shame and uh, full disclosure and, and very shamefully, I'm here to tell you that in my life, I don't do enough of what God has done for me. In my life, I don't sit down and, and write things on rocks. I don't have a pet, and I need to. My prayer journal, my uh, some people call it the thankful journal, and I, I talked to you about a man who had a whole prayer journal for me. He had like 13 or 15 prayer journals, and he had a whole one just for me. Had a whole prayer journal just for me. And, and I think, boy, that'll change your life. Folks, get a prayer journal. Write down what God is doing. Write down what God has done in your life. David's sitting here talking about what God did for Israel, and it's nothing short of miraculous. And by the way, what God is still doing for Israel is nothing short of miraculous. And and I mean, that continues on, and I, I, I love that. I love the direction that's going into. And I think sometimes, Stephanie, um, have you, you know, prayer meetings at church where you get prayer requests? There's always one person that says, I thank God for my salvation. But it's real slim after that, people thanking God. Yeah. Well, and there's there's been so many times that the Lord's convicted me over, you know, answers to prayer where I've seen him do something. Um, and he convicts me with, have you thanked me as often as mess, as much as you prayed to me for this answer? Have you thanked me for this answer that many times? And... I think there's, you know, thankfulness, being grateful is huge. Um, yeah. Can we make it yeah. a daily thing even? I mean, can we sit yeah. down at the end of the day and say, what did God get us through today? Yeah. Was his grace made? You know, I think when we look back at, um, there's some days when I look back at the day before and go, God's grace got me through yesterday, even if it was a good day. You know, I think there's a sense in which when you're messed up, maybe you sense that more. <laughs> but God's grace is what gets us through every single day. Wow. And being thankful for that, being thankful that his mercies are new every morning, that his faithfulness is great, that um, he's there 24-7. You know, I can get up in the middle of the night and I can cry out to him and he's not asleep. I don't have to wake him up to ask him a request. Like my kids have to wake me up if they need me. 
God's awake. He's there all the time. And we need to thank him for that. We do. And we can. And we should. And uh, I think sometimes we are, I don't want to use the word unappreciative people. Uh, I used to work on an egg farm. So I think I've told you some of these egg farm stories. But my first job on this chicken farm was I'd walk through the coops and smell. They were all in cages, two or three to a cage, these hens, and they'd lay their eggs and they'd automatically come down this conveyor belt and they fed them a certain food, which made them lay eggs or whatever. And it was just crazy. And I would walk down these aisles. <clears throat> Each coop had 55,000 chickens in it. And I would walk down these aisles and smell and see if I would smell a dead chicken. And I'd have to pull the dead chicken out. And once in a while, I would always find a cage that some knucklehead left open or that the chickens opened. And I'd have to chase around a half dozen chickens, you know. But I would feed the chickens. And, you know, when I fed the chickens, this is something I never forgot. When I would throw the food on the ground to feed the chickens, they never even looked up at me. Not once. Yeah. They just expected the food. They expected it. And I think as Christians, we expect the blessings. Mm-hmm. We I think it's a great thing that David's talking about those first in those first eight verses about all the blessings. But then you go to the next eight verses, nine through 16, and they're tough. I mean, uh, and he goes on and, and I think he's kind of contradicted himself, but he says, thou hast cast off and put us to shame and goest not forth with our armies. And I got to stop right here. And in, in my mind, like you read it, there's a swing and pendulum. We go from good, 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 good. And by the way, you bailed out on us. You're not with us. You're not helping us. Man, I've had that attitude before. Uh, we need to have an attitude of gratitude. But David's attitude right here is, but where are you? You did all these things before, but now when I'm in charge, you're not doing a thing. Uh, thou makest us to turn back from the enemy and they which hate us spoil for themselves. Thou have given us sheep appointed for me and has scattered us among the heathen. Thou sellest thy people for naught, and does not increase the wealth by their price. Thou makest us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them uh, that are about us. Thou makest us a byword among the heathen, a shaking the head among the people. My confusion is continually before me, and the shame of my face covereth me. For the voice of him that reproacheth and blasphemeth by reason of the enemy and avenger. What happened? Well, it's, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. This passage leaves you going, what? Because it literally is such, it's literally diametric opposites. Um, the first eight verses compared to the next eight. And um, it's it's literally like David went from positive to negative in a split second. It's a very strange, um, but I, I've been in this, in these last eight verses. That's what I was going to say. I've, I've been known to swing from side to side. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's our human nature. We go from trusting and praising to our, our focus being on all of the times that we view God as having. How did that, how did that old, remember the ABCs of prayer, adoration, um, what did they stand for? Remember that? No, I know. Um, We're supposed to start prayer by adoring him. 
Uh, I know I've heard it, but I'm not remembering it at the moment, to be honest. Boy, we're falling apart here. But you know what? Here's the good news. I knew it when I first got saved. It was in my new Christian handbook. Uh, but man, I'll tell you, 25 years went by, boom, like that. And now I forgot it today. You know, they say the first thing that goes is uh, you forget names. Then they say the second thing that goes is you forget people. Then they say the third thing that goes is you forget to, un uh, to zip back up your zipper. Then they say the fourth thing that goes is you forgot to, you forget to unzip yourself. <laughs> you are so bad. Oh, oh. oh. man. I. <laughs> but anyway, we should start our prayer life. There should be a system in which we. <laughs> I'm having a hard time looking at Stephanie through this uh, Zoom meeting because she's laughing so hard about it. The one that messed her up is we forget to unzip our zipper. That's where she lost it. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, there, there's, there's got to be a method to our prayer. And honestly, if we're not tracking the blessings, we've got problems. Yeah. If we're not tracking the blessings in our life, we end up where David's at. David tracked the blessings, but he didn't sit down and prayerfully thank God for each one of them. Had he done that, and then he prayed over 9 through 16, those things that are going bad, those things that are going wrong, if he had prayerfully lifted those up, he'd be a completely different dude right now. Yeah, and I don't, so I, I look at this and say, what made David flip? And, and we're not given, I don't see, at least from where I'm sitting, we're not given a reason why he flipped, um, why his focus flipped so suddenly. Um but I know that at the, you know, the, the verses we'll cover tomorrow where it left David and where it left him wasn't necessarily a bad place. Um, but, I, you know, I think there's a sense in which David, I, I love reading the Psalms now more than ever because David, there I can relate to him. His thought processes in some of these psalms are, I'm like, yeah, that's where I am. I mean, I'm envisioning life. The older well, I get, yeah, the more I understand David. Yes, and, you know, I think David had PTSD, hands down, no question asked. And, you know, I think it's easy when you have, when, it, when you've been through things that seem so much like, God, you literally were fighting with my enemies against me. And I, I sincerely hope I'm not the only one who has ever thought that. <laughs> um, yeah. Where it literally feels like God's fighting against us or, um, you know, that feeling that, that, wow, God's really getting, it's making his day to crush me into powder. And um, I thought I was the only one who had those negative juju feelings. I thought, no, nope. <laughs> well, you have to go to God and say, God, forgive me. God, yes. I'm sorry. And, and get our focus back on this may be what's what I'm thinking. This may be what I'm feeling. But if that's who God is, then he's a liar because that's not the God he is in his word. And does he deal with sin? Yes. Does he chastise? Yes. But he's the God of our mercy. He's the God of hope. And, um, you know, you're going to have the moments of saying, where are you gone? Why are you fighting against me? Why are you taking pleasure 
in seeing me crushed. But David will come back around to the fact of you're still my God. And Job went through this. He went through these exact same, you know, when we went through the book of Job, there was some of those chapters where one minute, literally one verse in the same conversation, he's praising God, extolling him, his hopes in him. And literally the next verse, he's at rock bottom. And Job was in his time was the godliest man in the world. And he struggled with this, especially in the midst of a trial, especially in the valley. And and look at David. I mean, David yeah. slew the uh, the giant. I mean, David had those invisible armies that defeated but, people that weren't yeah. even existent. And uh, he, yeah, he knew what walking by faith looked like. He knew what miracles looked like, and he still had these these times of depression and these times of God. You're literally fighting with my enemies against me. You have literally completely turned your back on us and are out to destroy us. He had those moments of being in that place. And so if, if that's anything, let it be an encouragement that that doesn't make you what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling this way? I'm the only person in the world that's ever thought this. No, David, who was a man after God's own heart struggled with this. Yeah. The fact is coming back to what we learned about in Psalm 42 and 43 of hoping God. Yeah. We get back there. You can't stay in that middle section of Psalm 42. No, we 42. can't, we can't, we can't live in Downville. <laughs> we, we can't, we can't live at this address. It'll, it'll, it'll gut us. It'll ruin our lives. And, David only needs to stop and remember, hey, you know, I did what I had to do. I, you know, God helped me to slay a giant. God gave me this kingdom. God provided invisible armies for Israel. All the stuff David had said in verses 1 through 8, David needs to stop and look at again. But then he's going on feeling sorry for himself, feeling bad. And let me tell you, that's what the devil wants to do to all of us today. Those of you listening, Stephanie and I, who are taping this, the devil's goal for today is to make us think all bad things, that God's not with us, that God's not victorious. The victory's already God. Uh, it's already God's. God wins. Uh, can I tell you something, friends? We're on the winning side. Uh, we're on the winning side. We, we, get to be, we get to be part of the victorious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The, when the second advent comes or when he calls us home in death, no matter how we cross the river, we've got the victory. And uh, I think that's so significant here to remember that as we're going through these things, we have the victory and uh, the victory and stay nigh unto the Lord and he'll stay nigh unto you and, and stop having pity parties. I mean, somehow today don't have a pity party today. Make it about serving God. Make it about uh, make your day today uh, about remembering your victories that God allowed you to be part of, remembering that God allowed you to be saved. I remember reading about the Jews one time. I was reading a book about the Jewish people in seminary, and I, I remember one of the things that I, that as the wars went on with Israel, they, some of these pagan nations around Israel, they took prisoners. And what's the best thing you can do when you're a pagan nation or the worst thing you can do? Have godly people move into your country. It changed people. It changed life. And it, it extended the kingdom. And, and I mean, some of it went bad. Don't get me wrong. But God's plan is bigger than we can see. And uh, uh, I know I went to a meeting the other night. So Stephanie and I are part of this health plan that's helped us lose a bunch of weight. Between us, we've lost like 100 pounds. And and uh, we've become healthy and, and made some really good decisions. And 
hopefully. I mean, we could get cancer tomorrow morning, but for our side, we're doing okay. And uh, but I will say this: I was I was on one of the meetings the other night, and uh, are your dreams as big as God? Is what this pastor asked, who's also part of this health plan. And uh, do you dream big enough? And part of the problem is we don't. Our goals aren't as big as God. We're not praying for God to do the things he can do. Stephanie and I sitting here now could never believe that we're raising money for a camp uh, that's going to reach out to people with PTSD. Stephanie and I sitting here could never believe that a couple of years ago when her husband was shot down and I prayed the prayer in my living room, uh, God, if I can ever do anything to help Stephanie and her kids, actually I prayed it in Maryland, Hagerstown, Maryland. God, if I can ever do anything to help Stephanie and her kids, use me. God brought us together. His, his story is true. He brought them out. He brought them back. And I think that the lesson is, I think the practical side here, Stephanie, is to remember the good and to look to the future. God doesn't always go backwards. It's good to remember what God did in our life, but don't go backwards and look at the bad thing. Don't say, man, I, I had talked to a woman one day and she said, you know, I messed over this boyfriend in 1989 or something. Okay, do the apology thing. You're married. You got a family. Move on. There's certain things we, you know, the devil wants us to live under this condemnation. He wants us to live in this bad place, but God lives under conviction. He makes us better with all his trials, with all his convictions. And so leave here today, right now in the good, knowing the good, trusting in the victory. It's coming, knowing that next time we talk, there's going to be another great miracle that happened in your life. Maybe it's just living today. So what song, what verse, where are we at now? Do we? Uh, what song do we have for these folks to close out with today, Stephanie? Okay, I'm going to a, give me a second here. Okay. I have to type, you know, into my Google. I'm not Google. judging you. Uh, <laughs> we're giving you a minute. Just don't take too long or we'll lose faith in you. No, I'm not judging you. <laughs> Waiting for the end. Here we go. Amen. Here we go. Have you started for glory and heaven? Have you left this old world far behind? In your heart is the comforter dwelling. Can you say praise the Lord, he is mine? Have the ones that once walked on the highway gone back and you seem all alone? Keep your eyes on the prize for the home in the skies. God is still on the throne. God is still on the throne and he will remember his own. Though trials may press us and burdens distress us, he never will leave us alone. God is still on the throne. He never forsaketh his own. His promise is true. He will not forget you. God is still on the throne. Folks, God's on the throne. Remember the practical side. Look for the good. Write down the good. Trust in the victory. It's coming. Remember what God's taken you through and remember where God's taken you to. We sure do love you, folks. Hey, listen to every word. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. 
you can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.